Jim, what are we talking about today? Uh, gas prices, I think. I got an email from uh, AAA this morning, one of the few bulk emails that, kind of, that I actually looked at. Uh, and it said that we are expecting higher gas prices for the next forever. Um, on top of already high gas prices, I paid like two seventy a gallon the other day, which is historically not that expensive. But you know, it, in the context of it being four bucks a gallon about ten years ago, um, but it's much higher than it used to be. I'm paying, I'm filling like thirty bucks a gallon now, or forty bucks a gallon instead of twenty seven a gallon, which is going to impact per tank. Per tank, um, which is. It's, we're paying forty dollars per. That would be really, we better, we really better expensive. Be on alternate fuels. Yeah, that'd quick. be on a solar car or something. I uh, know, but it's. Um, no, I mean it, the gas prices are gonna are gonna impact people. They're gonna impact affordability. They're gonna f- impact how they live their daily lives. It's gonna impact how they how they shop, where they shop, what they shop for. Um, it's a significant part of your monthly budget. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's something that I I'm seeing that the. Um, it's already starting to impact buyers are considering where they're going to live and what their daily existence is going to be in relation to gas prices. So it's something that, you know, we did, the, you know, it's, I've been doing this for a long time and feels like every 10 years the, th- the same sort of conversation comes up, comes back up, but we're, we're doing it again where gas prices are going up and people are going to be maybe finally looking to go for uh, smaller cars and smaller homes and better homes and more insulation and things like that. Um, but it's, uh, we have, we have a remarkably short memory for how to live. The average, in fairness, the average commute in central Virginia is not anything close to what you see in a DC sprawl or a Richmond even. No. Like it's just this, I mean, like we're like, we live in Crozet. My wife drives into the city every day. This is, I mean, we're talking about like a 20 to 25 minute Mm -hmm. commute each time like you're really not talking about it like but are you still seeing people you know make that (laughs) (laughs) that was a dog yawn guys bart cares a lot about this story (laughs) (laughs) that was awesome (laughs) that was fenway's way of saying your point is sucks (laughs) So this, bad. Guys, I'm, I'm out. I'm done. No, but you know, you you think about that commute though. You, it, you know, two bucks a gallon each you know, each way, so four bucks a day becomes you know six bucks a day, eight bucks a day. I mean, it matters. And then you know, times five, times twenty five a month. You know, that's that's real money, which is going to cut into other aspects of where people are are, are living their lives. Um, so yeah, it's something that I'm. I'm aware of. We do have a shorter commute on average than other other localities, but that's because, you know, that's why people move here is they want to live in a, an area that has a short commute. I had my commute in Texas was amazing. Uh, there were no stoplights, so you just took a right out of like the neighborhood, and then you took another right onto the frontage road, then ran the U-turn around. Yep, and then that's how I got to work. And it was about 1.2 miles, no stop signs, so I could be at work and. It was amazing. Sounds like a short bike ride. Oh, very short bike ride. Like if you <laughs> went straight there instead of having to do the frontage road and go up to the next exit. But like still, I mean, just yeah. pretty amazing, uh, amazingly short commute. Like And like it was a significant part of, you know, why I liked where I, I lived. Mm-hmm. 
my wife did not like it because one night we woke up and uh, there was a SWAT unit outside of our apartment um, who was there to bust a guy who had been impersonating a cop in Austin and had barricaded him into the building to like two like buildings down. Right. We had to move after that. <laughs> she wasn't happy. But other than that, like great commute. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really what we're talking about here. Um, yeah. <laughs> at, the, at the risk of this veering away from like a real estate market point, but I'm going to try and keep it relevant. I mean, yeah. one of the things that I've always noticed and dating back to 08 and then even like the 2012 elections mm-hmm. was how much when gas prices escalate, how that drives the conversation for alternative fuel and energy sources like solar. Mm-hmm. And the country as a whole has a very serious conversation about alternative energy sources until gas prices jump back down below $2. And then everybody goes, ah, well. It's all fixed. They just stop talking about it because gas is cheap again. We can stop worrying about how we get energy again. Well, we have such a short-term memory. I I liken that to sort of, you know, know, when when we have a drought, a declared drought, we all, you know, we don't flush the toilets. You know, if it's brown, flush it down. If it's yellow, let it mellow. But I... In, you know, I look at that through the lens of a, a guy I know in South Africa when they yeah. had their drought. Yeah. He was commenting of, this is not new f- for us. Yeah. I was raised here. I've always conserved. Yeah. It's just, I think that we, we need to change our culture of always conserving and always thinking about you know, living more wisely in, in, in a smart fashion. Um, but but density know, helps that, though. Density right? helps that. But it, it's it, theoretically, if we, if we have jobs that are close to it and, the people, and we have the infrastructure. I mean, I think you look at the through the through the Charlottesville and the Crozet lens with all this growth. You know, Charlottesville is is growing up finally. Um, you know, because they are starting to build higher density buildings, higher density office buildings. The companies are incentivizing people to work close or to to live close and ride bikes and walk and stuff like that. Um, but in Crozet, in contrast, we're building more, but we're not building commensurate infrastructure yeah. to allow for that. So yeah. you're starting to have, you know. Not pileups, but you know, back up massive by our standards. Not Texas, but not DC, but by by Crozet standards and Charleston standards, we have big backups. Well, we don't have enough points of entry and exit for the neighborhoods that are coming in. No, but like that's going to change in theory with the road developments that are in theory coming. But see, I would say hypothetical. I wouldn't go so far as say it's a theory. I would say the it's, theory is it's, like sort of proven. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say it's more the degree below hypothetical. Uh, we've talked about it, and so it could be real in we fifty or seventy up years. Says coming in twenty sixteen. Yeah, um, <laughs> but you know, I think it's, it's something. That it, it's and I've been all. I mean, I know I'm all over the board, but it's. I was thinking about this last night. I was looking at a picture of traffic in Crozet, and on Twitter, and I said something like, uh, "Imagine if we had bike lanes and sidewalks." Yeah. And person responds, "Yeah, yeah. We'd, we'd love to do that," but then it's you know we look at you know having a. One of I think one of Albemarle County's core principles is to have a healthy environment and healthy population or whatever. But I think that they do a disservice and they are somewhat negligent by not providing infrastructure to say, here, walk 0.6 miles to school yeah, or 0.7 miles. I had client, new clients uh, the other day. One of the reasons that they are coming to this area is so that they can be part of a community and part of something. And they one of their top probably four criteria is being able to walk or ride bikes to school. Yeah. And their locate their locality has a lot of schools that have that, 
And so they were asking me for, you know, for the, one of those non-Googleable things. You know, you can't really Google most walkable elementary school in Albemarle County. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've got a sense of what which those schools are in the city and the county. What would you say they are? Um, I mean, yeah. the, the walkable schools, though, you look around the county, um, and I've had clients tell me that you know, they're – their kids walk to school in Hollymead. They're parts of Baker Butler. They're very, they're very walkable. Um, Crozet Elementary is very walkable. Brownsville can be if people choose to let their kids walk to school. Mm-hmm. Um, circling around me, the city like Greenbrier, you know, it seems so easy though. From like Old Trail, they've got the sidewalks that go right up to that crossing at Western. But mm-hmm. then they, it would seem so easy that they just build a sidewalk that goes down 250 between Old Trail and well, there's a path and, now. Yeah, there there's is. a path. There's now. a path, but a sidewalk says we are encouraging this as a community. Well, yeah, but you know, on that, I mean, it's it's changing the culture and the and the it's changing culture and it's changing perceived liability. I was in a meeting in Crozet years ago, and they were talking about trying to get kids to walk from Old Trail to uh, Brownsville and, and Henley, mm-hmm. and there was a path. I never walked. I took a. I had a kid take pictures of the walk. Um, he, he photojournaled the whole way. Um, and then at this meeting, you know, the, the Albemarle County, he's not here anymore. Guy gets up and he says, I know that it, there is a path, but we have some concerns because there are some roots that are sticking up. And he said this with a straight face and he was very earnest in his statement of, we don't really want kids to walk on paths with roots because they might trip. Um, so I think we need to change that dynamic and that perspective of our poor little kids aren't going to be able to either one, avoid a root or two, get up. I had no idea we needed to develop a root stance of any kind. We, we need to have a firm root stance. A firm. An- anti-roots. We're anti-root. anti-roots. We are anti-root or like, know, maybe we should accept these roots. I, you know, I, I think it's, Look, it's as a you former cross country <laughs> athlete, I can tell you that this is actually Dude, really important. Someone root starts a sentence <laughs> as as a former cross country athlete, like you could definitely ignore it. Maybe we should cut it. I feel like that sounded less hubris than to say a current cross country athlete, which is like not true. <laughs> well, that would be even weirder. But no, I mean, I think that the yes, sidewalks show in that it's an invitation, but it has to be. I mean, I, my thinking is it has to be the wider sidewalk that allows two people to walk abreast versus the the narrow ones that Correct. you have to single up to get past people. Um, but it, it's the county; it's their responsibility to build this infrastructure. Mm-hmm. It's their responsibility to say this is the community we want, um, and the city for mm-hmm. that matter. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's something that um, you know, it, I don't know. You look at the number of parents who drive their kids to school with only one kid in the car every day and it boggles the mind when a lot of these kids live a half mile from school um and it just it you know adds it adds to traffic especially like i'm officially going to sound like the old guy who had to Mm -hmm. walk uphill both ways to school but i was a kid who grew up in a town in new hampshire that is eerily and remarkably similar to crozet virginia Mm -hmm. it was a little town called new market new hampshire that was about 15 miles outside of Durham, which is where UNH is. So very much like this. And I would ride my bike all over that town with my friends. We would walk to school, which was over a mile away. Mm-hmm. And even when I w- moved when I was 12 years old to another town in Rhode Island, I would still walk over a mile with all of my bags. Like Now, granted, times change, and I'm not necessarily saying that they shouldn't, right. but 
yeah, a half a mile walk through a, a neighborhood in which you live to get to your school should not seem like we should be discouraging this to that degree. It makes no sense. But I think it's, it's, I remember years ago, my you know younger one and I would ride bikes to school you know, all the time. It's like 1.1 miles from here to there. And they have, laudably, they have bike to school day and walk to school days. And it evolved from you know, everybody walk. And then if, if they encourage people to walk from their homes, a lot of people would, wouldn't because it's, you know, 1.2 miles is too far. So they would start doing the the the, well, the walking buses, which they would have mm-hmm. everybody meet at the church parking lot uh, and gather there and then walk together like 0.4 miles to school. That's correct. Which is cool, but we're walking down the hill one day and kids are, you know, you know doubled up, you know, you know, in two lines walking to school, very orderly fashion. And these like two, three, four, fifth grade boys wander off into the into the adjacent field. And I'm like, oh, kids are going wandering because they're fifth graders. And that's what they do. And one of the parents said, get back in line. You can't do that. You must get in line. And it was very disturbing to see that they had to be forced into lines to walk rather than have a little bit of exploratory aspect to the – it should be a somewhat circuitous path to school. Yeah. You, know, it's, you should have some of that freedom to think and walk. Explore. We, yeah, we literally touch stuff, pick we, grass, get dirty. We we missed the uh, flyer for walk to school day one year, mm-hmm. and so I just was driving by like a mass of kids, like walking. My kids were like, "Dad, now we're those people. <laughs> <laughs> get down, get down on the seats. Don't I, let them see." Yeah, they were like, <laughs> they're like, and I was like, I was like, "Hey, wave to your friends. There's your buddy George." And they're like, "Dad, it's walk to school day. Why are you making us drive? We could have done it." We could have walked. It's, you know, I think it, 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 having walkability in, a, in an environment like Crozet and some of the city schools is better for, you know, everything. Society, yeah, culture, absolutely. community, economy. The amount of money that I spent in Crozet Mudhouse over the years. On in, your walk back? Well, on the walk to school, getting a chocolate croissant, a Powerball, and a cup of coffee, and sometimes hot chocolate. Well, you got Powerball at Mudhouse? Oh, yeah. Oh, those, oh, those, those power vegan Powerballs. Oh, dude, are... I thought you meant the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my bad. No, I definitely know what you're talking about now. But, like, I definitely thought you no, were talking, we're talking about, about buying lottery and tickets. Cocoa and grains and nuts. Mudhouse does not have lottery tickets. <laughs> Disclaimer. That's my bad. I misunderstood. <laughs> um, to, to come back to the idea of solar, too, because this is this is a growing thing from... It's just a growing thing, and I think this is relevant to the gas conversation the same way walking is, but um, you know, a company like Segura Solar in mm-hmm. Charlottesville is growing significantly, and especially in new homes that are being built. Yep. With all of the expansion that's happening in Crozet, do you, are you seeing an increase in solar that's going in with new construction? I mean, in the neighborhoods that are in the back of West Hall now, I'm yep. seeing in those massive homes, they're getting a lot of solar that is installed at new build. Mm -hmm. We're seeing a lot of the existing homes in Parkside village and in West hall that are getting retrofitted, retrofitted after the, after the sense, like, are you getting an idea that like solar is going to be an offset to those things? I think so. I mean, you're, you're seeing, you know, one, you've got appraisers are now valuing solar. So there's, it used to be, Oh, you've got solar. Great. But now they're actually applying and levying value to the solar panels. Um, but new construction, you're seeing a lot of new construction. I've got clients in West Lake that have solar. Yeah. Clients are building a house in the city with uh, the capacity to have solar. 
So they're doing. They're not doing the doing the Even panels. It's not installed. It's at, it's at least like ready built. They had the conduit and the infrastructure and the, and the electrical panel for that. Um, I'm getting ready to list a house hopefully in the next few weeks with, that has solar. Um, you know, it's you know it, it's a significant upfront investment. You know, a friend of mine said on Twitter the other day. He said, you know, my my power bill is ten bucks a month. All you have to do is spend eighteen thousand dollars to get, you know, to get ten dollar a month power bills. Right. You know, so you know, it the ROI is not necessarily there, but I think there's a significant intrinsic value to being able to have a $10 a month bill. Right. Uh, and also know that you're putting less load. Um, I mean, I mean one, that's a, that's a 10 year to 15 year ROI. Mm-hmm. But if you're building this into a brand new house, that you're going to live in for the next 30 to 40 years. It, it's, you know, it, it's a negligible cost. Yeah. Uh, and they're usually warranted for, you know, to have what I think it's like 75 to 85% of their, of their uh, capacity after like 20 or 30 years. Uh-huh. So the lifespan is there to to pay to get the ROI. But yeah, I mean, I think people are, you know, five, seven years ago, I wrote a story about it, and the response was essentially the aesthetics were not what people were looking for. They're like, I don't want to look at the solar panels. Yeah. Now people look at it and they say, wow, it's got solar. Yeah. That's sweet. Um that's, you know, you're not going to get, you know, from a resale perspective, I, I think you're not going to get one-to-one value. You spend 30 grand on panels, yeah. you're not going to get 30 grand back yeah. if you sell it in three years. Yeah. Um, which and one, even, you, sh- you shouldn't be selling in three years anyway, but in five or seven years. <laughs> um, no, you're not going to get that 30 grand back or whatever it is. No. But you'll get, you'll get one, more buyers who want that will look at it. Yeah. Uh, and two, you'll get a, you will get an increased valuation um, through the lender and the appraiser. Because you have the solar panels. And as far as aesthetic too, I mean, you know, Tesla's solar tiles that, I mean, like they just look like normal roof shingling's. Yeah. You know, the, Tesla's in the news a lot right now of, of whether or not they're going to be a company in the next like 18 months or not. But six, you know, six <laughs> weeks. <laughs> um, but there's, uh, I mean, I, I went and did the research about getting those solar tiles up onto our roof and yeah. like they, and like they had you put in your address and like what it would cost and your energy savings and the whole estimate and everything like that. The only trick is, is like, they're like, we're not in your area yet. Right. No, I mean, it's good. It, you know, I looked at have my, my roof is not oriented appropriately for solar. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it's something that more people are considering. Yeah. You know, if you can get it back to gas prices, if you have a, if you can take your power bill of $150 a month and make that you know, $10 a month, then you have more stuff. You know, you have I do have bucks. the ability to say, okay, I can put an extra thirty bucks a month into my gas, gas for commute for commute, or go Absolutely. to or go to dinner, or you know, whatever yeah. that disposable income, be, or save it. You know, that that <laughs> that's that's a thing. Also, how un-American <laughs> seems real weird. Um, but no, I think it's something that you know we're seeing more and more of is that people are are levying value to not being off grid because that's you know it's not really viable for most people. But it's something that people are certainly placing value of having, uh, having solar from a societal perspective of hey look I'm cool I have solar, to also the pure money in pocket. Um, I think that most people tend to, I think I'm cynical in this regard, but I think most people won't say I'm going to do solar because it's the right thing to do. I think that the yeah. bulk of people will say I'm going to do solar because I'm going to save money in the, in the long run. That's why people get small cars for the most part. They don't do it because it's. They like having tiny cars. They do it because it's going to, you know, you get 45 miles a gallon is much better than 26. And it's only a 10-gallon tank, so it's only going to cost me 25 bucks at the pump Yeah, yeah. on a on an expensive day. It's, it, it, it's, you know, 
deviating a bit. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens to Ford. Now they've getting they're getting rid of cars. Have you seen that? No. Yeah, they're getting rid of cars. They're they're making only SUVs and trucks. Wow. Even the Mustang. Well, they, I mean, part of it is that they've lost a ton of mm-hmm. like market share because like they have not like they haven't kept up with a lot of different. Right. companies from a lot of different countries and so like they can own trucks i mean like you know yeah sure like toyota makes a truck but like ford and chevy is really those are your choices yeah like realistically yeah i've heard good things about tacomas i mean no, I, I'm I, just I, saying. I, yeah yeah absolutely toyota truck right. like i'm just saying but like from a like pricing perspective from like an availability perspective from right. like a re like i mean like and like brand loyalty, which is serious with truck owners. Like, I don't know if you've seen Calvin and Hobbes pissing on logos across <laughs> America, but brand loyalty. They're typically on F-150s or F-250s. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, I mean, people are in, so like, I mean, they got to pick like brand loyalty. You got to, you got to pick a side. We're at war here. <laughs> this might be an edit. Too. <laughs> no, <laughs> keep it in. Okay. But I thought, I mean, I thought Ford was kind of starting to get into the electrical game too. Is that not true? I mean, I thought they were they were trying to. I mean, I heard that's gone well though. No, no, I mean, like they haven't released any electrical vehicles yet. But I heard that they were they were one that like, but even their hybrid stuff hasn't gone well. They were putting in like the smart tracks and the smart roads. Like they were starting to get into the smart vehicle stuff. But maybe it's just they're out of the industry. They're or they're they're just not deciding not to get into that. I think. I mean, I think it's. I think there's value in focusing on what you're good at. And so hopefully yeah. it's hope, hopefully it's them saying we're we can dominate this segment and the other one is not providing any value so we're gonna get out of that and focus on what we're really good at. Yeah, Elon Musk, it's cool that you can send a, a roadster into space. It'd be cool if we could just drive them around our neighborhoods for less than seventy grand a year. Yeah, well, there's that. Um, but no, I think I think that you know it's. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the gas prices are yeah they're going to be a thing. That's the oldest man statement I've heard in the long- so be far. Nice if we could run for seventy <laughs> less than seventy thousand a year. So far, Elon. I've complained about kids not walking to school because I used to over a mile each day. Dude, we're just gonna give you a <laughs> we're gonna give you a knee replacement at the break. Just give me a, a hose and to yell at some kids on my lawn, and I'll be ready to go. This is Bart Eisler, the scrimmage play. Uh, I was going to write an old school radio jingle for this, something slick with a catchy chorus of people just singing our name over and over again, but we have zero musical talent on staff. What we do have, and that is one slick transition there, is a passion for talking about, writing about, and shooting video of high school sports in Central Virginia. For almost a decade, we've been the top source for high school sports coverage in this area. We've also got a podcast that's now a part of the Central Network. If you love high school sports, give us a listen. And if you like what we're doing, check out the support link in each episode description and support the work we're doing. In the meantime, we'll keep working on that jingle. Like the commute piece, because... Like, it's a, it really is, it truly is relative, like, a commute. Like, a 20-minute commute here, like, people, like, people, like, look at Anna and be like, why do you live so far out? Right. And, like, then, like, if you had a 20-minute commute in D.C., people would be like, how are you getting that deal? Yeah. You know, like, I mean. But I think it, it shifts, though. I mean, I think, you know, people come to me, and you know, I was telling a guy, last, you know, a new client last night, um, they, you know, I had folks come in years ago and say, we want to, you know, we're doing an hour and a half each way now. Mm-hmm. We want it to be at least you know forty five minutes or less. 
I'm like, yeah, we can do that. Um, you yeah, know, like or <laughs> Richmond, or you know, even, even on like the worst possible traffic day, you're going to be under forty. But for those minutes. people, I, I I tell you know, I'm fairly consistent in telling buyers that I want them to rent. Renting first, you know, I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. Renting, renting first is huge. You learn your life patterns, your triangles of where, your data points. But it also, for, for the folks I'm thinking of, they moved here thinking they wanted 45 minutes or less. They rented for like, and after like four months, they said, yeah, you are right. We don't want to be anything further than 24 minutes away from the thing that's important to us. Yep. Because your, your perspective shifts. Yep. It shifts fairly rapidly. Like, you know, I tell this story to all my clients, you know, when I, it's, it's time to, it's not, it's, you know, it's, it's money, but it's time. Like I, when we moved it from Charlottesville to Crozet, like God, 15, 16 years ago, at the time we would go to Fridays after five. Yep. Like every Friday, you know, cause that's what we did. And then it was a combination of, um, moving to Crozet and then it, Alex, my older one, she was like eight, some guy almost burned her with a cigarette that just left a bad taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, not intentional maliciously ignorant and um but we you know when we moved to crozet it's like we you know if you pretend i've got a real job where you get home at 5 30 or 6 and you're like all right am i gonna bundle the kids up and go back to no i'm not gonna do that i'm just gonna stay in crozet so it's it's gas but it's time and effort uh, more than anything but people will you know my guys last night said we'll drive an hour each way to do x I'm like mm-hmm. that's insane yeah why because that's what you do that's what you're accustomed to that's what you get used to yeah, like I went for we when we moved from Chapel Hill to Virginia Beach when I was in high school, I went from a ten minute walk where like I walked by my buddy's house, mm-hmm. then he and I would screw around for a few minutes, and then we would go to school. Right, and that was like two years of that, and then we moved to Virginia Beach, and just the place that like we bought and like where we lived or whatever, like it was a twenty five minute drive to right. school. Yeah, I mean, like it's an, it just like immediately like you had to just kind of adjust what you were doing mm-hmm. and and change but like it really does it does feel like something like that is just is relative like a 20 minute commute here does seem like a longer commute but i don't know like i mean i, I think that it, it seems like it seems to me like and maybe i'm wrong here but like from a like a real estate market it would have less of an impact here than it would in like a dc i, I was it relative there too I think it's it's I think it's all relevant. I, mean, I think that there you're you know hopefully you're getting a higher income as well that that allows for you know higher gas prices. Yeah. Um. But it, it's really it you know it really depends on where you're coming from. Yeah. I mean, if you're accustomed to doing, you know, when I moved to Crozet, you know, whenever you know, 15, 16 years ago, it was like an eighteen minute drive in Charlottesville. Wow, it's twenty five now. Yeah. Yeah. So you get I'm not going to move for seven minutes. Um, but it's, you know, eight, I was accustomed to 18, 19 minutes and now I'm accustomed to 25 to 30 minutes. Yeah. You get used to and accustomed to what is important, what, what you have to deal with. Um, well now you get to enjoy 25 minute podcasts like this on your drive into work. There you you, go. Now you didn't have that opportunity at a 15 minute commute. Man, that was super sales. See that plug? <laughs> see that plug? That was super sales. This is how pros do this thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 